It's the end of the week, and there's been a ton of stories in America that have not received enough attention here on my show. So today we're going to talk about those stories, as well I'm going to tell you about something that's a local story that you should look out for in your own state. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to America Emboldened. I'm your host, Greg Bolden, and it's Friday. We're going to cover those stories that did not get enough love throughout the course of the week, and they're important stories to America. They're important to my listeners, and I want to try to make sure that we're covering them in a just way. As always, you can join the conversation on Twitter at RealGregBolden. You can come find me, or you can go to my website, AmericaEmboldened.com, where you can find a ton of other information, uh, shows, and as always, the America Out Loud Network, right here where you can find hundreds of articles per day by some very talented individuals on the network with me, as well as the America Out Loud Talk Radio that you can get on the iPhone and Android Android, uh, so you can download that in the app store to be able to listen to those shows. The first story is one that I think is the largest story in the United States because we may be in World War III. We may already be in a dark war that no one's talking about. Someone had messaged me a while back and this listener had said to me, World War III started years ago, and it's all a cyber war, and the Iranians are beating us in almost every way. Now, come to find out, the Iranians actually have a cyber army, uh, so it is quite possible. Just on Wednesday, Twitter, Facebook, all the social media networks all coordinatedly went down around the same time. And so what would World War III look like? Would we even notice that we had begun World War III? in this type of technological age? What are the things that could be taken offline? And how does this story that came out this week about the Nord Stream pipeline fit into all of that? Well, let's start here. Number one, World War III. If you wanted to cripple a uh, country that you were fighting against, the, the quickest way to do so is to take it offline. Once you take the country offline, you're able to control the fact that people do not have access to currency. People don't have access to currency. They can't make purchases. So one of the first things that you may want to do if you're going to fight a cyber war would be attack the ability for your everyday people to live their lives. Missiles don't have to go off. They don't need to have nuclear weapons used in 2023 or World War III. You can simply attack people by creating psychological uncertainty with cyber warfare. So that's the first thing. Now, the war in Ukraine and Russia, there was a ton of talk early on about the resources and these pipelines, about how natural gas is uh, reliant on Russia. If you remember, I did a, a show months ago. 
I, I don't, it was so long ago, I don't even remember. Here we are, episode 151, I believe. Uh, but I did a show about how Donald Trump tried to warn the European Union about the reliance on Russia. And people laughed at him. They laughed at him. They thought, oh, look at this. He's, he's you know, completely unhinged once again, having this type of conversation about how the European Union shouldn't be um, set up this way. But when Ukraine gets invaded by Russia and Vladimir Putin, we see that our own country starts to tell all the other countries, well, be careful. You know, be careful because Russia can control the price if they want to make things difficult on NATO and the European Union. And Joe Biden, Joe Biden started alluding to things about the Nord Stream pipeline. And then miraculously, the Nord Stream pipeline blows up and it's almost untraceable to the United States, untraceable to the United States until this week, until this piece comes out from Seymour Hirsch, who writes about how he has uh, interviews and sources that show that it was the United States on September 26th of 2022 that blew up the Nord Stream pipeline, which was the natural gas pipeline that went from Russia to Germany. All right. And it was part of a covert operation under something called Baltops 22 NATO exercise. Now, it was a genius plan in many ways. It's a genius plan because you don't tie this back to the United States Navy. Uh, it's a special task force that was working. And the report says that this was a discussion on how they could control this all the way back to December of 2021. There was a special task force that was formed under the U.S. National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan. When did the war begin between Russia and Ukraine? It was before or after. Well, if you don't know the answer to that question, it would have been after we had already had the plan in place to take out this pipeline. So tell me, was the United States already actively planning for a world war? Are we already in place looking for our covert operations in order to make sure that the world does exactly what we need it to do? So the Biden administration it reports was doing everything possible to avoid leaking that they were planning on blowing this thing up back in December of 2021. And as people started to figure out that you know they were going to do this, there was a lot of pushback in the intelligence community. And uh, when Russia invades Ukraine, February 2022, there were people that came to Hirsch and said, some working guys in the CIA and State Department were saying, don't do this. It's stupid and will be a political nightmare if it comes out. But as we know, that they said, we have a way to blow up the pipelines. We have this covert team. And so they claim that literally days after Russia invades Ukraine, Biden met with the White House office, the German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, and he briefed him and said, if Russia invades, there will no longer be a Nord Stream 2. We will bring an end to it. And this message continued on uh, with a couple other people giving the exact same message. 
If Russia invades, Nord Stream 2 will not make its way forward. So Biden was uh, saying these things. Now, in case you think I'm making this up, let's go to the tape. Here we go. Here's Joe Biden's own words. If Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine again, then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. So that's very clear, and a reporter follows up with this okay. question. What, how, will you, how will you do that exactly, since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control? We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. So there it is. Joe Biden's own words, he promises. Because he knew back in December of 2021, there was already a plan for it to happen. So how did they do it? <laughs> well, this report is crazy that came out this week. Sometime in March, it claims, a few members of the team flew to Norway to meet with the Norwegian Secret Service and Navy. And one of the key questions was where exactly in the Baltic Sea was the best place to plant explosives? Nord Stream 1 and 2, each with two sets of pipelines, were separated much of the way by little more than a mile as they made the run past the port of Griefswald in the far northeast of Germany. And the Norwegian Navy was quick to find the right spot in the shallows waters of the Baltic Sea, a few miles off Denmark's Bornholm Island. Now, they picked this section because they were only about a mile apart on the seafloor, and it was only 260 feet deep, which meant that divers could reach this. They didn't have to use submarines in order to do this, and they could attach uh, plant-shaped C4 charges onto the four pipelines with uh, the concrete protective covers. They said it was going to be tedious, time-consuming, and dangerous work, but in that area, there were no major tidal currents, which would have made that task much more difficult. So they decided, according to Hirsch, this report, that the order came directly from President Joe Biden. Said that C4 attached to the pipelines would be triggered by a sonar buoy dropped by a plane on short notice. Now, if you remember the reports, they talked about how there was a plane that flew overhead. Now, in hindsight, what we're seeing is the fact that they've known all along that the United States was behind this as they were putting out these little stories. And they were giving hints to the intelligence agency that, yeah, we know, we know where this plane came from. But back then, in hindsight of September and October, when we were talking about it, no one gave any thought that this was the case. So on September 26, 2022, there was a Navy P-8 surveillance plane that made what they called a seemingly routine flight and dropped the sonar buoy. So we worked with the Norwegian Navy. The signal spread underwater and it caused Nord Stream 2 and then Nord Stream 1 uh, to get the signal. A few hours later, they triggered the explosives and three out of the four pipelines were put out of commission. And that's when we saw that image of methane gas uh, starting to come up to the water surface. Now, this is great because people have been taught about the trusted news initiative, which is why people are not trusting at this point Reuters and the Associated Press and the BBC. And this was first brought to my attention by a listener uh, several, uh, about a month ago, actually, at this point in time, I was going to say several weeks to a month. 
because people were criticizing me for quoting Reuters all the time. They're saying, you know, you're saying Reuters is this uh, very well-sourced journalism. And I explained in a post why I felt that it was still well-respected. But then when I looked into the Trusted News Initiative, I see there is an entire wing of the AP, of the BBC, of Reuters, of the Times in the UK that is spreading their own disinformation or propaganda. And this is a dangerous thing. Uh, this is a dangerous thing when the mainstream news is spreading disinformation in order to protect. And so AP News, if you look at September 30th, it says the Russians are pushing a baseless theory, blaming the United States for the burst pipeline. And the AP immediately tried to get out in front of that story. And they said the White House said on Wednesday that a blog post by a U.S. investigative journalist alleging the United States was behind the Nord Stream pipelines is utterly false and complete fiction. Now, that was the official story that was gathered by all of those big sources, Reuters, The Times, AP, BBC. However, <laughs> we're seeing this over and over again. When we say things are utterly false and complete fiction, when it isn't convenient for the government, oftentimes the stories change. And this story changes as well. So where do we go from here? If we blew up this pipeline, which it looks like we did, the evidence is pretty damning from Hirsch's report. Well-sourced, uh, everything adds up. Why isn't the White House commenting on what it should be one of the largest stories of the entire week? Well, it's because it's quite possible that World War III has already begun and the United States is part of it. When we look at the fact that the United States has provided hundreds of billions of dollars and our Congress has willingly voted in many times bipartisan to send this money over to the Ukraine as well, we are funding a war. Now, Russia, according to reports right now, is amassing up. They got 1,800 tanks. They have 700 aircraft. We're hearing these reports from multiple news sources. And again, I take this with a grain of salt, knowing that Reuters and AP is already spreading some misinformation out there. But we're hearing that Putin has put together 500,000 men for an assault very, very soon. If 500,000 men start invading the Ukraine, 1,800 tanks, 3,900 armored vehicles, 2,700 artillery, 810 rocket launchers, 400 fighter jets, and 300 helicopters. That's what's being reported is about to attack the Ukraine. And we've just sent tanks ourselves. Are we fighting this war? We blew up Nord Stream pipeline to make sure that we can help destabilize and make sure that Russia cannot gain control and power in a way that we don't want. It sounds like World War III already began. It sounds like that the reason why Joe Biden's asking for all this money is he knows his hands are dirty. He knows that the United States has already created a problem. So what is Russia going to do in order to respond to these allegations of the United States involvement? I think that is a story worth finding out more about. Why aren't we having that conversation? On the second half of the show, I'm going to talk about some other stories. The FBI 
targeting Catholics. That was something that just got retracted. They started pulling all that information back away. Project Veritas has basically let go James O'Keefe. He's been sidelined, put on paid administrative leave, forced vacation. Uh, SpaceX has been giving the Ukraine some trouble as this war front begins to uh, take hold. They're going to need those satellites that SpaceX has been providing, and now they're not providing them. So we're going to talk about all that on the other side. I'm also going to tell you a little solar story here in the state of Delaware that got me real fired up. If you have solar panels, you're going to want to hear this story. We'll be right back after the break, everyone. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Oh, the America many of us grew up with and love is under a relentless and pernicious siege from those carrying the banners of socialism, communism, Marxism. AmericaOutloud.com is the antidote to these poison isms. Well, to be forewarned is to be forearmed, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a Made in America climate plan. A plan based on real science that responds to the real world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure. A plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com. Welcome back, Bold Americans. Second half of the show. First half, we talked about whether World War III had already begun. Nord Stream Pipeline. Is the United States actively involved in operations covertly? Yes, it looks like we are. What will that mean for a Russian response? Some other headlines you might have missed. First, let's start off with a headline that I feel really bad about. And this is me being sincere. This is not sarcasm. Uh, Senator John Fetterman was hospitalized Uh, this week after feeling lightheaded. They stated that according to initial tests, it did not show evidence of a new stroke, but doctors are running more tests and they were keeping Fetterman overnight as of the last update. Uh, I was proud of Fetterman. 
Fetterman wore a suit to the State of the Union, while other people looked like clowns, seeing how much flair at Bennigan's they could put on their uh, clothing. John Fetterman didn't wear any Ukrainian flag, 1870 crayons or anything else. He came strictly to do business. And I just wanted to acknowledge uh, Fetterman and say, you know, I, I hope that you recover uh, quickly and you're feeling well and you can get back to work. Um, that's what's really important uh, out of all of this. I took my shots at Fetterman, but I've never had a ideological, well, ideologically, I do have a problem, I guess. I never had a major problem with John Fetterman uh, outside of I just didn't feel that we had good candidates in Pennsylvania overall to vote for. Um, but I hope that he can uh, stay in good health, recover, and do some good work for this country. Because once they're in office, that's what we should be rooting for. Now, crazy headline. And this is something where I'm starting to ask what is going on in the backdrop. The board of directors at Project Veritas placed James O'Keefe on Wednesday night of this past week on paid leave. There were a number of allegations against James about the way that he uh, handled business inside Project Veritas with the way he treated other employees. Let me make this very clear. Project Veritas is James O'Keefe. The personality of James O'Keefe is the talking head of Project Veritas at this point. If James O'Keefe goes somewhere else and starts his own type of uh, investigative journalism trying to expose things, I'm positive people will follow James O'Keefe before they follow Project Veritas. This is a coup. And I'm wondering what changed inside Project Veritas? What happened with these board members where they put him on leave and stripped him of his managerial uh, duties and his authority? Now, this happens directly after Project Veritas starts exposing Visor. And now James is removed. This makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. James O'Keefe uh, will likely land on his feet in some way, shape, or form. I am not worried about that whatsoever. But if anyone is at Project Veritas that listens to my show, I'm letting you know right now, you don't exist without James O'Keefe. That's just the facts. Love him or hate him, he is the movement at this point in time, he built Project Veritas from the ground up and gave them a face. And that's what's really important here. So that story, I'd like to follow more because I believe we're seeing some changeover as uh, maybe we're seeing a hijacking of some alternative media. We heard about the Daily Wire and Steven Crowder just a few weeks ago. And this public dispute that went out there and James Crowder came out and basically said that the conservative movement was a hijacked movement in alternative media already. And it was not what people thought it was at the face value. Has Project Veritas also been hijacked? So that's my question that I have in that story. Now, the First Amendment this week 
came under attack. And sometimes when we say that, we could exaggerate a little bit about whether or not the First Amendment was truly attacked. But in this case, it, it really was. The First Amendment that says that Congress can make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting its free exercise. The FBI has been caught with their pants down. The FBI was going after Catholics and a specific group of Catholics. They were looking at what they called radical traditional Catholics, the Catholics that preferred the Latin Mass. Hmm. It's funny, I, I didn't believe that our government was allowed to get involved in this way. And the FBI has already retracted all of those documents. And they said that upon learning of these documents, the FBI headquarters quickly began taking action to remove the document from FBI systems and are conducting a review of the basis for the document. Now, that was the official uh, statement that the FBI told uh, the Daily Caller. They said the FBI is committed to sound analytic tradecraft and to investigating and preventing acts of violence and other crimes while upholding the constitutional rights of all Americans and will never conduct investigative activities or open an investigation based solely on First Amendment protected activity. That's right. Your religion. You have the free practice of your religion. The fact that the FBI was investigating Latin mass Catholics and calling them radical traditional Catholics that dealt in white supremacy, uh, Catholic Catholicism hate groups. That is something that they were going after. They called these groups anti-Semitic, anti-immigrant, anti-LGBTQ, along with the white supremacist ideology. They said that these are the Catholics that reject the Second Vatican Council. Now, I have a gentleman that I've brought on to the show before. He's currently on a speaking tour. He was my professor in college. Uh, or our professor in college would be the better way to say it because I didn't take his class. I actually had his wife for a theology class and I became friends with him uh, through his wife and over the years have kept in touch, Dr. Larry Chap. Now that Dr. Larry Chap has been critical of the Second Vatican Council. He, he likes the old mass style. And so I'm inviting him on to the show. He could not do it today because he is on a speaking tour in the United States right now. But when he returns, I'm going to get him back onto the show to talk about his reaction to the fact that he could be on a radical traditional Catholicism hate group list with the FBI. And that the FBI's field office in Richmond was talking about infiltrating groups of these Catholics who prefer the Latin Mass. This is an explosive story that people should pay attention to. There is radicalism in any parts of life. You can identify people that are radical, but to label people that prefer the Latin liturgy, <laughs> which if you've never experienced the Latin mass, it is a beautiful, beautiful mass for those that are Catholic that have experienced it. It is uh, a sight to behold. It is very prim and very proper. When I talk about the quorum yesterday, it is a mass filled with the quorum, putting the focus directly on what they call the, the summit of the mass, 
the Eucharist. The FBI doing this investigation uh, is a violation of your First Amendment rights. And it's them telling Catholics that their religion is now under attack. If they don't worship a certain way, then they might must be possible white supremacist. This is fear-mongering. This is stereotyping. And this is something that scares me. It scares me because we have a moral authority police at this point in society. If you disagree with talking points, you're no longer just allowed to disagree with something. You're now told that you're not moral. You're not moral if you refuse to use pronouns because of your religious belief that somehow uh, that is you saying to somebody that, well, I don't live a moral life uh, because I reject this. Meanwhile, it could be your religious beliefs. How are we now weaponizing the FBI against people calling them extremist groups simply when we're supposed to respect out of the First Amendment? I'm just asking my listeners about that. I think it's a very important thing. Another story here was Zelensky's upset with SpaceX. Now, the Starlink technology, Elon Musk was hailed as a humanitarian uh, for the world back in February of 2022 because he put Starlink in contact with the Ukrainians so that way they could still have internet for that humanitarian use. But guess what Ukraine was doing? They were using Starlink to control drones. So SpaceX has cut off the Ukrainian drones. They've cut off this access, and Zelensky is absolutely pissed. Get over it. I I love the fact that SpaceX says, hey, you want to use this for humanitarian efforts? Absolutely. Love to provide it. You want to use this for military? That's not why I launched this. You can give Elon Musk as much crap as you want to, but that is a principled take that I will stand behind. And my final story is not a national story. It's a local story. It's something that happened here in Delaware with one of our representatives, Stephanie Hansen. And I've not gotten a comment back from her. I've called my local representative as well, Representative Kevin Hensley. I've not gotten a response back from him. But this bill that just was signed last year in silence that no one seems to have known anything about, no constituents were told anything about, has ended net metering as an option. It's made an option for the electric companies to honor net metering of solar-powered customers. Here's why this matters for you nationally. This matters for you nationally because I believe that there is an agenda of everybody will just go along in this kumbaya of we'll provide everything for everyone and you won't really have full control. This matters to me because I have solar. I have solar panels on my home. I'm a new solar customer. One of the reasons I went the solar is not because I want to save the environment and help change climate. Not at all. I went solar because I can see the writing on the wall that electricity is going to get more expensive. And I wanted to create enough electricity from my solar panels that I could bring my bill to $0 from the utility company, maybe sell back some electricity at a wholesale rate, which is not what they're charging for it if they use my electricity for somebody else, but I would get some money back. 
and to make sure that I did not have a future electric bill, that the investment that I made in my solar panels was an investment for the future to make it inflation proof. And so I would still support, even though the writing on the wall here scares me, I would still support this. Um, and so I'll, I'll talk more about solar in the future, but let me tell you what the net metering is. So the reason solar works so well, and this is the part, but there's people that don't know enough about solar and they're fearful of it. Maybe I can help educate people one day. I got a, an excellent company that I used. I'll bring them onto a show. Maybe they can explain this entire process, but I'll go get through the net metering. So this bill that they passed here in Delaware, uh, this bill, Senate Bill 298, if you want to look it up, it's called SB 298 in Delaware. What this does, it says that the companies no longer have to pay. It's up to them optional whether they want to refund you for the uh, electricity that you used. When you put a net meter onto your home, the meter spins the opposite direction when you're producing more electricity than you're consuming. And the electric company can send that electricity out to other homes and take some uh, pain off their grid. Some of that load comes off their grid. When they're doing this, because the meter spins the opposite direction, when you start pulling electricity, it starts spinning in the direction of using their electricity. And if you produce more than you use, they're supposed to give you a credit that they can either pay you for, or in the winter months when you're not producing as much, you start pulling from that uh, electricity credit. That helps keep your bill at zero. Under this net metering, they now come December 31st can just say, Thanks for that electric, extra electric. Uh, we're not giving you anything. And they've provided the electric that you generated with your money. You know, these things are like twenty to $36,000, $40,000 for electric uh, solar panels. The, the solar energy that you produced using the panels that you provided and purchased, your electricity can now be sent elsewhere and you don't get credited for that and you can't pull it back. This is a problem. This is a problem because this goes back to that moral conversation. Well, don't you think that person down the street couldn't afford to do their bill and they need some electricity? At what point does it go there? You're not a moral person. You got these solar panels. You know, <laughs> you were able to afford these. Can't you just help out? Can't you help with a societal benefit? That's actually what they call this. It's a societal benefit. This is a problem because we're being told by the Biden administration that the Inflation Reduction Act, all these green energy parts putting on solar, what's the main plan here? Well, if you're one of the power companies and now much less people have to rely on you because they're bringing in their own electricity, the power company is going, we have the infrastructure in which all this electricity gets pushed out there. All these people are providing all this extra electricity and we're pushing it. Why should we not get a cut of it? That's fine. That's what the whole net metering was about. You would get wholesale. They would sell it at rate where they're selling it for 16 cents a kilowatt hour. I was getting paid six cents a kilowatt hour. I was still getting something, but where we're moving now is that this is a privilege <laughs> that the electric company can just send my electricity that I purchased. Let me make it clear. This is theft. And if this is happening anywhere else, throughout the country, it's time that people start standing up and making sure that people are aware that your government is stealing from you. 
this isn't even taxation. This is simply me. I've purchased, you know, thousands of dollars for solar panels. I'm producing this electricity and now it's being redistributed. You're redistributing my wealth, which my wealth comes in the form of electricity. Pay me. Absolutely pay me. I'd love to know who lobbied this bill in Delaware, who's lobbying very similar bills around the country. If you have any information on this story regarding net metering and the fact that uh, people are putting solar panels on and it's really a ruse in order to help provide more electricity to the neighborhood and take the load off the electric companies, I want to talk to you. Reach out to me, greg at americaemboldened.com, or you can find me on Twitter at Real Greg Bolden. I want to learn more about this. If uh, the primary sponsor, Senator Hansen, reaches back out, or if the people that voted for this, which was almost unanimous Republicans and Democrats, want to speak with me and would like to join the show, would love to have them here too. I know it's a local story, but this goes national as well because this is the national agenda. I support solar energy. I think solar energy is a great way to stay inflation-proof. I'm going to have a plan in the future that I'm going to try to get people onto my show to talk about solar and why I think it would be great. But if we don't fight back against government theft in this way, then solar is not worthwhile. It's just another part of a communist type of agenda to spread my wealth and your wealth to other people. And I will not stand for it. I'm not going to give in to the morality police. I'm not going to give up my First Amendment rights to an FBI who wants to label who's a terrorist based upon religious beliefs. And I'm not going to allow things to be stolen from me that are mine, my intellectual property, my physical property. I'm not going to give up on any of this. And I'm going to continue the fight back using the platform I show. Next week, coming up on the show, I have a story about all of the fires that are ripping through the food production plants. I have a timeline. I'm going to try to start putting this together for listeners. You're not going to want to miss it. I hope you all have a safe and wonderful weekend. I appreciate you joining me again today, and I hope I honored your time well. We'll be back to do this all again next week. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. (music) 